0: Ah it's been a while. It's been a while. Some things have happened, some things have changed. The weather has changed some uh things are on fire. literally. The sky is orange um from here to where y'all are down to anybody listening in New York and Pennsylvania it's just it's crazy times. It's just crazy times. Uh, apologies for our delay. It seems that life and and work and everything all comes at once and uh It was a convenient time, I guess, with the season ending to just uh, take a break for a bit. So here we are. We're back. Roscoe, Beaner, and Steph, the finalist. How were y'all's breaks? Let's start with you, Steph, because I'm going to talk to you in what feels like a month. And just like that, she's gone. I feel like the timing on this show is so (laughs) perfect, where every time (laughs) I throw it to somebody, they disappear. So Steph... Your video was gone. I want you to leave and come back and we'll start with Beaner. <laughs> How are you doing? Well, How you been?
1: Uh, Busy AF. Me too, buddy. Um, Yeah, not still not really complaining too, too much because I know there's a lot of people out there that are having trouble finding jobs or getting enough work, but it has been a little... A little crazy, and we're just getting into our busy season. So, trying to keep up on everything while we'll working my butt off, and the finalist is back.
0: <laughs> that she is. <laughs> what would Leaf's late night be without connection issues?
1: It's me.
2: I, I'm the problem. It's me, okay? <laughs> this whole break I'm sure I have been the problem and I'm so sorry to all of our listeners you know after hockey you just kind of want to disconnect for a minute and yeah not gonna lie I've not been keeping up on the news until recently and just seeing group chats and everything pop the fuck off and I'm like guys like what's going on keep me updated but yes we are here to talk about it after so long i'm so so sorry once again
0: Yeah, see, i feel like i'm somewhere between you guys like people ask me oh are you watching you know the rest of the playoffs i'm like i don't give a fuck i'm sorry like i i really don't care who wins i am however paying attention to signings and trades and things that have been going on because i find that part interesting because it's about next season i'm done with this season i don't care which one of these i mean it'd be cool If Vegas wins, but it would also be annoying if Vegas wins because they're only like six years old. But it would also be a little bit of a, um, it would feel okay if Florida won because I would just be like, you know what, whatever, they made it all the way there. But it's it's looking, looking not like that's going to happen, but we'll see.
1: Anyway, I've, I've, I've kind of come around on this. I really didn't want either team to win. Um, Base Vegas basically for the fact like what you said, they haven't had to suffer enough yet.
0: It's been so easy for them. What have I got? Two Eastern Conference finals and uh, or no, an Eastern Conference final and two Stanley Cup finals already?
1: What Western Conference.
0: Final. Western, sorry. You know what? Um, it's this is how long it's been. <laughs> you know what I mean I though.
1: Think John, the most- Johnny's geography's screwed.
0: <laughs> I've been you know what? I've been so far east that everything uh, everything's just east, you know.
2: i think the most important thing about this win is that whoever wins it's it's gonna be their first cup ever that's cool under understandably for vegas right but they've been so far so many times and then there's florida and hey final round here what's the biggest difference maker in my opinion the refs are finally using their whistles
0: are they like i said i haven't watched any of this so
1: They are, but that's because it's the only series on. So all eyes in the hockey world are on this series. So they have to call it. Um, Yeah. This is how long it's been. I was like, why does it feel like I'm
0: looking away? Oh, because I forgot I have a monitor that my camera's on and I should put you guys over here. So I'm looking here because I have been doing this show off of my laptop for literally two months. So if you haven't figured it out already, I am back. I'm no longer in St. John's, Newfoundland. So.
1: Yes, welcome back. With, with regards to Vegas, um, I still would rather them not win, but they are the lesser of two evils for a couple reasons. One, I've always liked Mark Stone. Um, the guy plays kind of like me. He leaves every ounce of energy on the rink, and he is just all emotions, which I love, and I hated seeing him on the Senators, so it's nice to see him on a team other than the Senators. And Aiden Hill is writing a ridiculous story right now, so they, yeah. they, it would be kind of cool to see him win it. Yeah. And then especially with what Gutis did right in the face of Joseph Wall, <laughs> there's no way in hell I want Florida winning. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Good and Florida has always and been with my, the... sorry, Steph, my uh, recommendation sorry. for a team relocating in the East. <laughs> and if you want it, you can't really move a team in my opinion, but.
2: And it's nice to see, you know, after Brassois went through the you're a backup chance to this team going to the finals... And with Florida and what I was just saying briefly, um, you know, the first round, they're averaging 3.9 penalties a game. Second round, of course, only 2.2. You go to the third, it's back up to 3.5. Now in the finals, they're averaging 12 penalties per game. But that's not even including Kachuk already up to three 10-minute misconducts in the final round and all of their I guess star players these clutch players going down and it's really biting them in the ass and going to our theory that you know the refs putting their whistles away completely favored the Panthers in the first three rounds. And now, like, what's going on? Like, are, are they going to get swept here? Um, I I only hope. But, <laughs> hey, knock on wood, we don't know. Um, it just, I don't know. Bullshit, okay, but yeah. okay so anyway. before
0: we get too far into hockey because we haven't played the intro yet and last time justin and i got literally an hour in before i remembered <laughs> to play it um anything non-hockey y'all been up to in the last month that uh, you want to let the people know about anything fun steph you said you got a game you're going to
2: um jay's game no I'm, i was supposed I'm going to go oh to no game. right yeah Diener, you're
0: going to jay's sorry it's late i'm sorry guys <laughs>
2: first jays game it'll, ever for beaner
1: yes it, it will be yeah uh, on uh, sunday me and the boys are going my mom's boyfriend got tickets from a friend of his and the four of us are gonna go nice and it'll be fun make make a day of it the last time we were all at a game together was a bachelor party so it's been a while
0: nice i have to let us know how that goes and let me know if uh, you get a peek at those new fan decks that they put out i want to i want a first-hand review of them
1: sounds good
2: <laughs> i've been <laughs> I, there I, I, It's great.
1: (laughs) No, no. I saw. uh, Guys, this is how
0: long it's been. Like, I don't know who's doing what. I don't know who's been where. I forget the last things we've talked about. I know. (laughs) Off the game.
2: But definitely enjoy it this weekend, Bean. Um, The renovations are awesome. Uh, It's great to just walk around and check out all the new stuff. Even if you don't want to stay in your seat for the entire game, it's open to everyone to just walk around and check out everything. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a great time for you guys.
1: I was watching a game the other day. It was at home and someone was in, I guess there's a, I think it's the Schneider's deck or something, like a hot dog deck. Yep. And they were eating a poutine hot dog. Yep. Yep. It was a hot. It, that looks. I need to try that. I need to eat one.
0: Didn't we talk about that in the Discord that Beater's not in?
1: I'm in it. I just he's never remember to look. <laughs> Darty's I'm not. The, I'm I'm the old guy in the group. Remember.
0: I'm just saying. You, <laughs> hey, you know what? There are people that have jumped on there that are not technologically inclined that are just figuring it out together, and we're all in it.
2: so yeah
0: uh fun fun little thing i did i don't know if you guys are i don't know if you guys are uh, familiar with the youtuber curtis connor but um he's a toronto youtuber who was filming his first stand-up show so Emmeline and i went to uh went to that and uh i bought the tickets not knowing i was gonna go well when we got them it was before i knew i was going to newfoundland and didn't know what i was going to be doing when i got back so it was just kind of perfectly lined up that i'd be able to go but didn't know i was going to be working weekends so i had the thursday working friday off for the show and then saturday working so in one day i drove all the way four and a half hours to toronto saw the show at six wow. i think it was and then drove all the way back and went to work on saturday morning
2: oh my god
0: <laughs> but it was worth it because we were uh we were in like one of the the back balconies at the danforth music hall and they were like hey are you guys okay with being on camera we're like yeah and they're like do you want to come up to the front row like yeah so so we're like three rows back from the front because there were just like a couple open seats and they want to fill it for on camera so that was cool i guess it's because we weren't wearing any logos and uh Mm. i like to also think it's because we're hot but you know uh duh Duh. Mm. uh but the uh, the one thing i wanted to rant about real quick before i play the intro on the way home we tried to stop at the uh McDonald's in Port Hope to use the washroom because it'd been a couple hours from leaving Toronto, or I guess about an hour and um, to grab some food before we continue on to Ottawa. It is 940. I want to say 937 ish somewhere in that in that range. And it says the place is open till 10. And I go up and the doors are locked. I'm like, um, pardon me. There's also, like, 14 cars just, like, outside. And people, like, walking up to the door and, like, some people going to the drive-thru and they're just like, oh, no, it's it's drive-thru. I'm like, no, it's not. No it's, no, it's not. Like, I understand, like, two minutes before you close, but not, like, 20. That is crazy. I'm sorry. Like, come on. If it's not dead, that's the... one thing.
2: Not just the ice cream machine that's broken. The entire McDonald's is shut down for your inconvenience. So fuck off and go to the next <laughs> uh, pull-in there, the whatever you call it. Um, pretty close to there, actually. I we usually stop in that McDonald's too in Port Hope, but there's a couple pull-off. The what do you call them? The on-routes. On-routes. On thank you, thank you. But yeah, never uh, a good uh, time at that McDonald's.
1: That McDonald's there on the other side of the highway, there's like everything, Tim's, New York fries, all that. If I'm stopping there, I I either get the New York fries or around the corner from McDonald's is Arby's.
2: Hmm.
1: Ah, yeah. But I run into that all the time on the road. I actually had that yesterday morning. I had to go the majority of the day without a coffee, which drove me insane because I had my van and the pump test trailer. So a sprinter van with a 14-foot trailer behind it. Which does not go through drive thrus mm. And the Tim Hortons only had the drive-thru open until eight thirty. Oh my God.
2: Hmm. hmm. Not fun.
1: <sighs> well, I tried to go driving... to the twenty Sorry, go on. Oh no, I was just gonna say your driving sounds like my last Wednesday when I was messaging you and Southey about getting together. I left my house at three in the morning and I got back at one in the morning. Oh. Oof. Oh
2: didn't give you a hotel?
1: <laughs> I I figured I'd rather come home. That was my call. Yeah,
0: sometimes it's better to just like truck it out, go home. Uh, Fun fact about the on routes. Do you know who uh, founded those and built all those? Started that company? Co-owner of MLSE, Larry Tenenbaum. Oh. Right? Wow. Just to bring it all the way back. And with that, (laughs) let's start the intro. This is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post game destination. And now, your starting lineup Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a while, but we're here. So lots of things have happened. Last time I was on here, I was with Mr. Biner, And we were talking about how Dubas was gone and Brad Living was the top prospect to become the Leafs' next GM. And uh, that we were probably going to see somebody with experience step in because that's the position that they're currently in. And look, everything we talked about kind of just fell into place. So here we are. Dubas is with the Penguins. Brad Living, and uh, his dad, Jim, are now fully behind the Leafs, and uh, it's a new era, kind of. What do you think? First impressions, Steph, because I tried to toss it to you first last time. Go for it. First impressions, Brad for living.
2: First impressions. Oh, well, I had a, I don't know, a perspective of him before his media um, availability, and then after he spoke, I just felt a lot better. Uh, He came off really confident, obviously super experienced. Um, He doesn't have the most winning record. And when you compare the draft picks with Dubas, it's like, eh, like kind of, there's no big difference there. Like this is a guy who put together Calgary's core at the time when they had their 50 point season. Uh, He did, Or 50 game, sorry, point. What am I saying? 50 (laughs) game winning season. And, you know, he drafted some really high quality players. But I think it'll be a nice change, right? Like the way that the Dubis thing went down, it just didn't sit right. And that whole week was a shit show. Um, maybe this will be the nice change that this team needs. And something that really stuck out to me from his immediate availability was that, you know, when asked about the core, he completely disregarded that this team was all about the core. He's, he pretty much said, like, this is a 23-man roster as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, enough talk about what you do here, about these top four players. Like, I, I enjoy that perspective and... Looking at the team as a whole, and I'm not disregarding Dubis by any means, but it seems like he coddled them a little, in my opinion, and um, maybe this is kind of like the little whip this team needs, especially you know after seeing even the Ross or the Mar- the Marley's uh, coaches go down and get wiped out as well. So and these were some of Dubis's guys too. So. I don't know. There's there's a lot to say. I love that his dad's a huge Leaf fan. I love how it comes into full circle like that, too. Um, The one little thing, him not being a full participant at the upcoming draft, but those were the conditions placed um, by the Flames while granting him the permission to speak with Toronto. Fine. We only have, like, three picks anyways, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to stay positive because we can't really control... The rest.
0: So, two things I want to touch on there. One, uh, I think it's an interesting point that um, you say that the guys were too coddled. I think what's really important is that he sees the team as a whole and and not, like you said, as a core four plus everybody else. Because it it forces those guys to take more responsibility and accountability for what happens. Because it's not you know oh well it's the rest of the guys it's not us it's now a whole team effort. And uh, I think that change of mentality will do a lot more than people. Um, are really, or you know what I mean? It's gonna do more than you think. Um, yeah, fuck off. It's been a while talking words. Been alone. Um, I
2: didn't say a thing.
0: Didn't have to. So. (laughs) The other thing is uh, I think we need to go through the process of copywriting fanalists because uh, if Boston pizza is now going to be hanging around the Leafs, they've got this new fanalytics thing going on. I think we got (laughs) to beat them to the punch here because we've had this going longer than they've had that campaign going. Like, I don't know. I think we got a case here.
2: Yeah, honestly. Um, I don't know, man. Like this is a good turn of the page and no one would have said this in March when Dubas was pretty much ready to sign his contract and after trade deadline Shanahan you know reassured him that he liked what he did and he saw him as the general manager moving forward but that whole week just it just fucking blew up like both sides sides mismanaged it and there's it's so complex um
0: do you think at the end of the day, Shanahan made the right plan by not offering um, a new contract to Dubis? Because what we've heard so far is that one was offered and they came back and wanted more money and control. And uh, he just said no. And um, yeah, do you think it's the right move by not giving more power and control to Dubas and more money after his record there?
2: I honestly don't even think it was about the money because if it was about the money jason spezza wouldn't have quit like that like i think it's way deeper and political than it appears um i didn't realize that the mlsc had so much control in making hockey decisions and i think we learned at the end of that week that at the end of the day it's the Shana plan. No matter who's in charge, it goes back to Shanahan and the board and it's up to them. And I think Dubis was just kind of sick and tired of it. And even though, you know, Shani brought him under his wing nine years together, like, literally, it kind of seemed like he bit the hand that fed him. But... At the way it was handled, I don't know, Shanny's going into this with a really boomer perspective, like, oh, how dare you counter-offer me sort of thing. But at the same time, Dubis was allegedly asking for more money than what Shanahan makes. So it's like, where's the reasoning to that? Because what, Shanny makes six mil a year, Dubis allegedly asked for seven. The deal was five years for four mil uh, on average. And it's like... I kind of agree with Marty here. Do you look your boss in the eye and demand more money after not really having success? Like, this is a results-based business at the end of the day. The goal is always a Stanley Cup. Um, in his tenor, he made the second round. Don't get me wrong. He's made really good moves. He's signed 204 players, you know, did so much. But there's more to it. And just... The allegations and speculation that the board overturned so many moves or, you know, Dubis wanted to do something and Shani said no or, you know, it's like, where do you leave yourself at the end? Like, I don't know. Like, there's no autonomy, it seemed. Like, Dubis couldn't really perform his duties to what we would expect as fans.
0: I mean, uh, it's tough because... The Leafs are a, a massive, massive corporation at the end of the day. Like MLSE is a business before it's a hockey team, right? So all of these moves are, are going to go through a board of directors that are going to, you know, weigh things like marketability of players and, you know, the, the PR impact of them and and jersey sales and and like all kinds of things and like how it's going to affect the other players that are already on the team. Like there's so many things that would go into account uh, that this team's board would have to approve like I'm sure there's tons of red tape around working for the Leafs and I mean the fact that Dubas was able to make the amount of moves he was and trade first round draft picks and bring in people like Fellino and Ryan O'Reilly that like moves that previous GMs weren't making for him to say I want more power and you know the same money and more than my boss it's just again like I don't I don't agree with it at that point. I think he was he was pushing the envelope too far. Um, and yeah, because you mentioned Marty, I was listening to uh, Sports is Fun Today. Go and check that out because uh, Marty Zilstra, spoiler alert, hates Kyle Dubas. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And if you want to uh, find out what I mean by that, you'll have to go and check it out. But, uh, Beaner, I'll throw it to you. Now that all the dust has settled, we have a new GM. Dubas is with the Penguins as president. What do you, uh, what do you think?
1: This, uh, it kind of smells a little like tampering. Right? Like the whole Edmonton Toronto thing over the last feels like every Mm offseason with Campbell and Hyman and everyone. And then, It's been rumored that Pittsburgh wanted Dubas for, what, two, three months now? Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's when things started to kind of go sideways negotiation-wise. Now, that being said, good on Dubas. Like, from a strictly personal standpoint for him, if he can get that extra money, that that autonomy at his age um, with an NHL club absolutely go for it but he did i think maybe try to push it a little farther than he should have if he truly wanted to stay um but i'm kind of on the same page with steph with regards to tree living because first coming in first blush i was kind of on the fence he did some good things in calgary he also did some bad things he was you know pretty generous with some free agent contracts. Now that being said, you'd probably have to be pretty generous to get me to move to Calgary too. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. 5% tax. Um, but he's also done some good things and like the, a couple of the moves that he was made. Yes. Okay. Everybody's saying the Kachuk trade looks bad, but he was handcuffed. Kachuk did to mm-hmm. him what PLD is now doing to Kevin shovel day off. Like, there's certain things that you don't have a control over and I don't fault the players for that. At least they told them ahead of time. Um, but with his press conference, I, I did like some of the things I was hearing um, with what Steph touched on with him talking about, it's not the core four. I don't think it's Matthews and Marner and Tavares And Nylander in that dressing room walking in saying, yeah, we're the core four, we control this. I think it's all media driven. Because as, as I mentioned a little while ago on Twitter, like the Leafs are owned by Rogers and Bell, the two biggest telecommunications companies in Canada. Like they monopolize everything. That's why we pay ridiculous cell phone rates. And what gets them more money? More clicks and reads on articles online, more newspapers being bought, like everything any news and what's going to get people to look when you're trash talking them all the time. Like it it sounds good.
0: But I do think there's an element of, you know, if you put the leadership in the room on four people and say, you know, this is on you guys, the four of you make the most money. We've built the team around the four of you. Like media aside, that's that structure is still there and it's still evident to these guys that the pressure is on the four of them. And at any point, if they're not performing, it's evident. Like they know and they say in their media availability, you know, like the, we have to be better. Like there's the group of us that have to show up and we didn't. And
1: Yeah, but this isn't, this isn't basketball. Like basketball, you can have Antetokounmpo. I don't think I said that right. Um, close enough. And like drag a team to a championship. Like you can have one player pretty much do it single handedly. In hockey, you can't. It doesn't matter if you're Gretzky or Lemieux. Like, Gretzky only won the four Cups with the Oilers. He never won again, right? Like it, It's not like one player can go somewhere and they, they win continuously. You need the entire team. So the fact that the core is saying that they feel they need to be more accountable, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Like, All the numbers are pointing that, okay, yeah, Matthews didn't really get on the score sheet as much as we expected him to during these playoffs, but he was right there. Like, if you dig into the fancy stats, he had his chances. He was snake bitten as all hell. We faced a goalie who was on a ridiculously hot run until he jumped into a freezer in between the the conference final and the final. Like, he could easily sit back and say, no, I played great. It just didn't go in for me next time. Now,
0: I'm not saying... Sorry, keep going.
1: Well, oh, I was just gonna say, like the fact that they're they're still calling themselves out, basically, that's good. So I don't think, like, yes, the money's on these players; they're the core. Everybody knows they're the core. But at the same time, it's the media that's really, really focusing on that, and really, it, I don't know if exposing it's the right word, but they're emphasizing those four. They don't care who does what, regardless. Like, look at Shen. We're raving about Shen because he came in there. He allowed Riley to play the way we know Riley can play. And Shen played amazing for what we picked him up expecting him to be. And yet all the media can talk about is Nealander and Matthews and this and that. And I get it. They are the stars of the team. But you have these unsung heroes who are unsung and who have been playing great. And nobody can talk about the good things that they were doing just because the Leafs didn't get past second round. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I don't disagree with any of that. I think it's just a, a matter of perspective from the GM, for starters, in how you build the team. If you're focusing it around how do I support these four guys, and how do I, you know, they're the unmovables. What do I do around this? How do I make the team work around them? I think if you come into it looking at it, you know, with everybody's a Maple Leaf, and I can do what I want with anyone on this team, that um, it, it's just a a fresh look at this, I guess. And for the players uh, from their side, it's like, instead of feeling the pressure of it's us and then whatever the GM puts around us is kind of tinkering to make us work. Like, every move is done to make us better. And if something isn't making us better, then it's changed. Like, we're the constant. Like, that pressure is obviously there. So, I think just having somebody come in and say like, you know, look, it's a whole team thing. It's not about four players uh, i think will take just mentally some of that pressure off because like we know these guys can play it's it's all the mental game that's been getting to them so if there's any adjustment that could be made in how they are looking at their own game i'm seeing that as a good thing
2: i think our new gm can really learn from you know the past month with the whole dubis scenario because i kind of think you know dubis overestimated how much the MLSC cared about their employees because Dubas clearly was there when, you know, when Shin, he knew signing him, he wouldn't join the team after having the baby. And then when Mikheyev was injured, he was at his bedside in the hospital. And like, he's been, you know, right there with the players. But with this whole scenario, it's clear that you know, on the Monday of his presser, he showed way too much raw emotion that just bit him in the ass because it gave the message to the media and to Shanahan that, you know what, if it's not a hell yes, it's a fucking no. If you're not saying hell yeah right now, it's always going to be a no. And that's kind of like their mindset, even though he's like, my family, blah, 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 the last few days, I've learned how hard it was, but they don't give a shit. Okay. Like I think this new GM has to come in, meet Shanahan and be like, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And emotions aside, I know some people are going to get hurt along the way. And it's the way she goes. We know we're going to get a whole new bottom six. We don't know about the goalie situation. We don't know about Keefe and Dubas kind of thought he had more leverage than what he had because he cared so much about this organization and took, you know, his wins, I mean, record-breaking regular point seasons, they had a heart, two rockets, Ted Lindsay, playoff round win, but at the end of the day there's no cup. And Dubis showing that emotion kind of gave him a weakness. Um, and he was showing us that weakness, even though, man, if you're empathetic, you can side with him and be like, oh, I, I feel for this guy because we understand the media and like how how they're vultures. But it was clearly too much. He wanted more, didn't get what he wanted. Now he's the prez in Pittsburgh, doesn't have to travel, makes more money, exactly what he wanted, and he's not going to have to dabble in the things that he used to while getting overrun by the board.
0: I mean, but just the tinfoil had it to what Justin said, like there is a bit, there's definitely some tampering that was going on there. Like maybe he did ask for something that was never going to be agreed to just so he had the out there to not make it as obvious. I don't know. It's something crazy. Well,
1: not, not to mention the fact like look at it from a man- managerial standpoint. If you're Shanahan, you're in charge and someone who you are their direct superior you've been in talks with them as far as you know as far as all discussions go they're interested in staying you're interested in keeping them you've given them an offer that is already an increase on what they're currently making they publicly go and express concerns about whether their heart is in it about whether they they are fully committed to doing that job and then two days later demand more money than you're making and they want some of your power right like as as a manager that's got to put like oh hang on a second if you're unsure you can do the job you're currently doing why should i increase your raise more than we already were doing and give you more power if it's so hard on your family that you can't i'm I'm not saying it's not like i I don't want to sound insensitive here but from a business perspective if it's so hard on his family that he's unsure if he can do the job he currently has there's no way in hell we're giving him any more power right
0: no i agree um go ahead steph
2: um if i you know if i were shanny just because i have a heart but i understand where you're coming from i you know the next day i would have set up a meeting meet meet dubis face to face to really talk about it Uh, not just make the decision emotionally over text at dinner and you're like ah, fuck this guy. I knew it. I thought about it all week long. I knew he wasn't going to be in like, he's freaking bailing on me now. And you know, like he's kind of seeing it as like, he shot me in the foot. Now, what am I supposed to do? And he's kind of like, okay, let's just turn the chapter here. But I don't know, man, like both, both sides fucked up in my opinion. Um, But it might be for the better. I mean, Kyle is getting what he wants with a different organization And now we have a new face who's going to hopefully lead this team to better things. And based off his record, like this guy is known to like big defenders, um, guys who are, you know, taller than 6'5", it seems, and heavier than 220. But I hope it doesn't go down the route of, you know, the 2000s Leafs um, sort of deal. But he's already made a really good move in his first week, guys. And that is Shane Doan assistant to general manager, hiring him today, which, you know, I don't know if anyone saw coming. Uh, maybe not me because I haven't been following closely, but this was definitely a turn. no in whisper the, of this. <laughs> well, the talks of Matthews, is he going to stay? Is he going to go home? You know, reverse Uno card on that one. We're going to take your guy and have him join us in Toronto. And who doesn't want to, you know, be in the hockey yeah, center of the universe. So, welcome so, Shane Doan.
1: I I do like the idea of this. Donor has played a part with some Team Canada's, you know, over the last handful of years, trying to dip his toes into managing in all aspects, and from that sense, it's good. Now, tribling has had experience working with doan when he was with arizona because he was previously with arizona before he was with calgary so there's that aspect of it too um instantly everybody started pointing towards the fact that doan was matthew's favorite player growing up so how is he gonna leave with doan there all that and i do like that part of it but at the same time as i mentioned in our, our chat too how much of a bad spot does that prove that the coyotes are in Like, this is a guy who was widely respected as one of the best players that had never had a chance to win a cup for the longest time. He had so many chances to leave that organization, and he stayed. He is probably the reason that they are still in Arizona, aside from Batman, because they had someone, like a face of the franchise, forever.
0: He's their Cam Atkinson. There was no reason for him to stick around and be your hero, and he did it anyway. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, th- the fact no that reason he... to stick
0: around in your shit hockey town, and he did it for you. And now, yeah. you've managed to push yet another person out of that organization that actually gives a shit about them. It's insane how badly that team is just fumbling themselves. It is.
1: Yeah, and I do love and Don still- coming
0: in. Just because, like, the Matthews thing, I think it's it's nice to bring a bit of home up for him and, like, one of his heroes. Like, I mean, first you have Spetsa; It's kind of a replacement for Spetsa, right? Like, somebody that you look up to that you grew up watching.
1: Yeah, as long as it doesn't affect, in, in my mind, it doesn't affect Pridham staying because I'd really love for him to stay. I think his cap wizardry alone is, is good enough to cover his salary. I don't um, think
0: he's going anywhere as long as MLS he's signing his checks.
1: This is true. Another thing, Shane Doan's son, if I remember correctly, grew up with Matthew Nye's.
2: Yep. (laughs) Uh, They were teammates, and uh, they yeah, they'd know each other since childhood. They grew up playing hockey as teammates. And, man, we're still collecting captains here because 14 years, Shane Doan was the captain of the Coyotes, and for 11 of those years, True Living, worked as AGM of the Coyotes. so There's a connection there. Obviously, Captain always talking to management. Um, couple gold medals under his belt like you mentioned, Beaner. And he has a relationship with the team's director of player development, Haley Wickenheiser from the Team wow. Canada Activities. So there's a lot of connections here and honestly it's, it's a fresh... I don't know, it's fresh, but at the same time Spez, I'm sorry to lose you, bud. like, we'll always love you. Um, Katie uh, at itch, Mitch, it's Mitch Marnie um, had had something posted on Twitter um, outlining passion, passion accepting sweet spezza isn't ours now. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Aww. But yeah, I think it's good. Very good. Um, and Matthews ain't leaving. He better sign that eight year deal right now. <laughs> I don't know,
0: but. Uh, okay, let's play a game, okay? Yeah. So this is called, Should They Stay or Should They Go? You ready? Ooh. This is a uh, random song off of our soundboard. Because I didn't have anything <laughs> <Okay>. for this. Okay.
1: <laughs> right? Love it.
0: So uh, we're going to go through, because there's so many UFAs and RFAs. Uh, Justin yeah. and I kind of did this, but let's do it for real. Um, Austin Matthew, should he stay or should he go? I don't know if I can actually call it this. I'm going to get copywritten. Let's call it um, UFA or GTF. uh, No. GTFO. GTFO or, (laughs) um, well, not UFA because either one is gone. Let's call it um, um, resign or resign.
2: (laughs) Resign or resign from the Leafs.
0: Yeah. So Austin Matthews.
1: That is the not the player you should be starting off with because anything other than anything other than resign is is a non-starter. You don't okay. get the chance to get players like this very often, any way, shape, or form. That he is not on this team, you lose.
0: There you go, obvious yeah. answer. Um, I mean, fine. Let's just skip to the ones that mean something then. <laughs> um, first one up, Nola Chari, resign or resign.
2: You definitely have to re-sign this playoff hit leader. Literally just lost the, the lead in hits in the final. But Achari Cookie leaves no crumbs behind. I think this guy is solid. He can easily act as your third or fourth line center. Um, he's great on the dot even. He finishes his checks as previously talked about. Man, that's a priority for me.
0: 31 years old, what do you give him?
2: Ooh, has a ufa and he was pretty cheap beforehand too right um i'm just pulling up his contract here, here. Let, me, let me get hey, those you don't have at, to change 1.66
1: 1.25 yeah his contract with st louis was 1.25
2: oh okay yeah and i would give him two and a half why 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 not? Especially if you're going to clear out Kerfoot or Justin Hall. And why Why
0: would you pay him so much money? He's never made that much in his career. He's 31 years old. Why are you all of a sudden doubling Max. his contract?
2: Mm, I think he's valuable. And I think we're choosing between a couple valuable guys. If you're going to go that way, even Cam for. Then you have Holmberg coming up into the mix. We're just talking about centers for a sec. Maybe I'm overpaying right now.
1: So very much overpaying if if it's me he's 31 last year he was only given a one-year contract he's made an estimated 8 million in his career i uh, honestly i say you sign him to like see if you can get at three at 1.5 three years at
0: 1.5 yeah i was gonna say yeah, two not- years 1.5 three makes the, the same sense
1: Cause then you're giving him a little bit of a raise cause he's probably going to try to get every ounce that or every extra that he can. And then you give him that extra year because it's us, we can pay it, who cares? And he is only 31 still. I think mm-hmm. you can still get a handful of decent years left out of him. Um, and then that might entice him to sign. Cause there might be a team out there that offers him two and a half. Like if you <sighs> give him three at, if you give him 1.5 for three years, that's half of what he's made his entire career already.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't see anybody giving him over two. Like the most he made was 1.6, and then he took a 1.25 one year to, to prove it. And I mean, he's a role guy. He's not going to make any more than that, I don't think. Uh, Zach Aston Reese, 28 years old, coming off uh, 1.725. No, sorry, eight hundred and forty thousand. Formerly one point seven
2: two five. Walk.
1: I, I agree. Yeah, if if he's willing to come back at, at like a one year league minute deal again, sure, bring him back. But if he's <sighs> looking for too much, then I don't really think it's worth it. Like the,
0: the reason that I hesitate giving him another one year deal is I don't like these guys that take up the spots of a Marley that we're trying to break into the lineup or somebody we've been developing. Like, I don't like that, you know, there's the option when someone gets hurt. It's like, yeah, we'll put Zach Reese instead. It's like, no, no, no. Like, put somebody in that you've been trying to get to this position instead of somebody that you're just bringing in, you know, from a, a 20, what, it'll be 29 from somewhere else. Like, I don't know. I feel like we've taken too many opportunities away from those guys.
1: But the only thing with that is you have the, like, the post-lockout Leafs who, if they did give their young guys a shot, they were giving them a shot on the fourth line. Like, I don't want to see Ronnie Hervin and come up and immediately get thrown on fourth line minutes. I want to see him get a chance, right? Like, if you you have Czar to play that bottom six role. Absolute yeah, but worst I mean case that can... scenario, you get a ton of injuries, he can play up, but like you you wouldn't cut you wouldn't call up robertson and put robertson on the fourth line
0: if he's going to be on the first two. there's situations where you call him up because somebody higher up in the lineup's been hurt and it's just a chain reaction of everybody getting bumped into different positions so like you can still have like you know say whatever Nylander goes down and all of a sudden Kerfoot has to step up into his role or something, and now it opens up something lower on the lineup. You bring in Zach Aston Reese to fill that role. Like that's kind of what they do. Whereas instead, you keep that top line open, where like we saw at the end of the season this year, where you can throw Matthew Nye's in, or you know, we could try out Nick Robertson instead of bumping everybody up a spot and then filling the last spot on the fourth line with somebody like Zach Aston Reese. Like that's what I want to see them move away from. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, you don't want to see your guys step in on the fourth line, but I think there's ways to do it, like I just said, where you you don't do that. Yep.
2: Yeah, and these guys filled massive holes during the regular season. Uh, How many times were Marley's players rotated in and out of the lineup to find that spark or due to injury? And it happened, like, with Alex Steves, Bobby McMahon. We had Holmberg playing nearly half of a season, right? So I would love to see these guys get given the opportunity Um, some of them have entry-level contracts already, like Steves, Ty Voigt even, Fraser Minton. Like, who knows if some of these newer guys will make a major impact at training camp and turn some heads of new management.
0: Yeah. Also, we found out Carl Dahlstrom left for Sweden, so no longer with the Leafs. Carl Dahlstrom, good luck. Bye-bye
2: yeah, and same with uh, Josh Pilar and Callie Lopinin are now yeah. free agents. Um I know we acquired Pilar on the three way trade with for the uh, Ryan O'Re- with Ryan O'Reilly. and Lupinen was a seventh round pick from 2019 and he committed in uh, Europe so they're no longer Leafs. Dahlstrom is gone. I know we were kind of waiting for him all all year in the regular season, but it just never happened. So hey, some other names coming up now. Topi Niemela. Um, who knows if we'll see some of him, right? Um, Nico Kalkinen.
0: <clears throat> okay, back to my game. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we got to keep going because we're getting low on time and there's some questions to get to too. The, here's the interesting one. Michael Bunting. What are we doing there? Resign or resign?
1: You want it first, Steph?
2: Michael Bunting was one of the on one of these gold medal winning rosters when Shane Doan was the GM and he has a connection to him there as well. So part of me wants to keep him and get, you know, grow these connections and hopefully a fresh faces will, you know, heighten his career. But the other part of me is thinking, you know, too much of a cadre situation, but not as expensive, but this guy's going to want maybe Hyman kind of, new money and Leafs can't really afford that, especially if he's not really committed to playing on the first or second line or in the top six in general. So, uh, it's it's really tough for me because um, he has the dog in him. Uh, he's a Scar- Scarborough boy. Like you want the hometown boys with you, but at the same time, sometimes the impact is too much on the negative side. So, if he was the one to get cut, I wouldn't be too mad.
0: I just worry about any contract on this team that starts with a four or a five and uh and I don't see him taking less than that because he's gonna have offers from other teams because he's a UFA and Bradford for living has a history of you know like guys like Andrew Manjapani and um and Nazim Kadri, anybody in that and like even Blake Coleman got four point nine. You know, he he'll, he has no problem giving guys those kinds of contracts if they're those middle players, and I just don't think this team can afford that. Um, I know True Living's obviously not going to make that, that kind of move if it's going to handcuff the rest of the roster, but um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see a situation where they can afford to keep him unless he wants to take a discount to stay here. And then from his playing side, yeah, I got to agree. It's like... It's like Kadri without the same offensive production, um, and he's not a center. It's just he's just too much of a liability when we're trying to clean things up for the playoffs. Like, yes, it's nice to have somebody that's going to bat for everyone and and ruffling the feather of the other team, but he's got to learn to get it under control. And uh, I'm fine if he's going to take less money and say, you know, sorry, I'll figure it out because you know he wasn't perfect this year with those mistakes, and maybe that kind of uh, is some leeway for the Leafs to have him take less but I'd say it'd have to be that kind of position for me to be okay with taking him back if he's willing to try to improve on his negatives of his game Um, but yeah if he just wants to be himself and make six million dollars or five and a half or five to do it then let him go do it in Edmonton because I don't want to pay him to do that
2: cheap or nothing hometown discount or nothing
1: I I completely agree like Yes, he's a valuable player. He has done a lot for us, but we talk about like, what did we need in the playoffs? We needed additional scoring. And in his 7 games he had a golden assist. Like Yeah. Okay. He had 63 points his first year as a Leaf and 49 this past year. But that, that that's that's great. But to me that's not a 5 million dollar player which is the rumor that he wants. Yeah, so, and I, I mean
0: it's hard not to score 49 points when you're playing the minutes that you are with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and look, his production pretty much dropped off offensively when they put him off that line. And that's kind of what we all (laughs) predicted.
2: And also, Matthew Nyes came in super fucking hot. Looked so right. comfortable. Um, I'm completely eating crow on this. I did not think it would happen, but four points in seven games in the playoffs, man he he took his spot. If he's gonna play in the top six, and Matthew Nyes was a part of three really important goals, including two OT winners in the first uh, first round. So it, it just I don't know. I think. Um, Bunting outplayed himself from the roster.
0: Yep, we got to agree. Okay, so moving on. David Kampf. I would love to re-sign David Camp. I just don't know what the number is going to be. I don't know if there's a ton of interest. I feel like there wasn't until the playoffs, and then this guy just had more eyes on him, and now everyone's like, oh. And you're a UFA? Hmm. Maybe we should... Can we can we throw David Camp on the list? I wasn't thinking about that one.
1: He- hear me out. Five years, a two million year.
0: I'll do it.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Guaranteed there's,
0: ten mil for him. Like, come on, what's he made in his in his lifetime career, his, his career He's
1: made six point five.
0: Oh yeah, you offer him ten. There's no way he's saying no to that. That yeah. would
1: bring him uh, till he's thirty. Sorry, Steph. Um, no,
2: sorry.
1: Bring him till he's thirty-three. Offensively, he's not really going to give you much. But you sign a player like him for his face-offs, his defensive ability, and and his just his steadiness out there, right?
0: And the Leafs can pay him like up front on that, which is something that a lot of teams can't do. I mean, obviously they're not gonna wheel up ten million dollars to him, but you know, if they say, Hey, we'll sign you for uh, like you said, five times two, um, and we'll give you like four and a half or five million up front, like the value in that is a lot higher. Like there's no no way he's gonna get four and a half million dollars in a contract, but like to be able to invest that immediately is so much more valuable. Anyway, Steph.
2: Yeah, applause to uh, Kyle Dubas. These were two guys who were super cheap and completely under the radar. Um, David Camp, remember coming in, he only had, what, like one goal or two goals with Chicago and immediately passed that within, uh, you know, the first however many games. And then Michael Bunting coming in with not much of a sample size, but what, like a 27% shooting, like 27% shooting um, range. And oh my God, like, I don't know, applause to him. I'm glad that we have these guys in our system. I know their UFA is coming up, but I think these are... Bunting aside, Camp is one of those guys who should be priority, especially if this team is going to be defensive-minded. Camp um, is extremely trusted in the O-zone, the defensive zone. He's always thrown out there, especially in the D-zone face-off dot. So, yeah, this guy does not take breaks. No cheat days. Remember, for Camp, <laughs> when asked um, at practice one day, he was the only guy who said no cheat days. Hmm.
0: So uh, next up, Alex Kerfoot. Is there any world in which we resign him? And what the hell is the number?
1: If if you could get him at like kind of similar to what I was saying for camp, if you could get him to take a cut and go down to two, sure.
0: So he made nine twenty five a year for seventeen, eighteen, and eighteen nineteen. Uh, signed by Joe Sakic. Um Then he signed with, then Dubas gave him three and a half. See, this is one of those ones that really was not a great Dubas move. Uh, going from a 925 a year player to, yeah, let's give him three and a half times four. That's definitely not going to hurt this team into the no move in his last year. <sighs> But here we are. It's finally over. Uh, Contract's up. And yeah, unless you're going to give him two, like it's just we found that his use, like you so lovingly put, is a Swiss Army knife uh, that's not that useful. So uh, it's yeah, he's become a third, fourth line guy and not the uh, the first, second line guy that maybe Dubas thought he would blossom into for a cheap deal. And uh, yeah, I think if you get him on a discount, sure. Otherwise, if somebody wants to give him some money and try that out again somewhere else, mm-hmm. go for it.
2: He got the additional pay for, you know, this is emotional speculation thing, but being the most liked guy in the locker room and, you know, Dubis is close with these guys and also being all three position eligible um, like you guys said moving up and down the lineup he can take face-offs he's on the pk he can play pp2 he just didn't perform to our expectations no matter what kind of um, combination you put out there and when you compare the contracts it's just not doing it so unfortunately i think we have to say goodbye to alexander carfoot
0: Okay, next up, Ryan O'Reilly. And Steph, what did Ryan O'Reilly say about this team yesterday?
2: Yeah, he was on overdrive and was talking about the playoffs. So he said, you could feel that the pressure and how much it was weighing on guys. Playing against Florida and the way they came out and played so loose and just physical, as you saw, we kind of dug ourselves a hole quick and didn't respond. The uh, babrowski gets hot. The next thing you know, we're down to and not feeling great about ourselves. There's so many things we could have done differently. It's frustrating. We, we could have gave that series a better chance. The, that's just the way it goes sometimes. When you get into these moments where it's challenging, you have to find a way to give a bit more. Against Tampa, we did that. But again, there's so many things we could have done differently. And I can't help but think outside of this quote coaching you know like hmm? coaching
0: that's what i was reading between his words here was that you know the the players did all they could but there were some decisions coaching wise that were made that just didn't make sense to the players um so yeah a little unfiltered comment there from uh mr o'reilly would you bring him back i would i would too i just don't think we can afford to
2: not at his old rate and that's why we kind of discounted him when talking about trade line trade deadline acquisitions because he was unaffordable we kind of didn't see any retention and you know captain of that team yada yada but now he's back in toronto um his presser you know to end the season wasn't very convincing (laughs) but it's hard to judge based off that I think he's super valuable, guys. Like, uh, He can be this third-line center or second-line center or even play the wing, but he just has to take a massive discount, especially at this stage of his career.
0: Yeah, and I just really don't see it happening. I think there's some teams that still value him. Bainer, what do you think?
1: I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I'd love to see him come back, uh, but... Realistically, the most the Leafs could probably offer him is five. Like, you do five by five. That yeah, and in, I mean, that's Into not... his late 30s. Like, that's a, a two and a half million pay cut. Now he's lost a little bit of a step. But he, even then, do you really want to go and, and tie up? Like, are you moving JT to the wing permanently? Or are you then going to have your three centers <laughs> taking up 20? 20... Seven, $28 million.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't think it makes sense because even if you give him the five mil, I think in two years you're going to be like, shit, we got to move from this contract and that's not going to be an easy one to get out of. I just, I don't think they're in a position to, to offer him what he's valued at and I don't think it's worth it. So it's been fun. Like I, and But
1: yeah, like I'd, I'd love to keep him. Um, even just for the like his leadership in the room but at, at this stage unless he surprises everyone and takes a massive discount or even something crazy if because there's a lot of rumors that players are going to be doing weird things with contracts this year with the way the salary caps expected to jump a lot in the next couple of years does he do something crazy like two years at 5 million or or right like who knows yeah. what's gonna happen i I'd love to but i don't I don't see it happening
0: that's actually a good point with the weird jump coming up players don't want to be locked into uh, contracts that are valued at the current cap and not you know if it jumps by ten million it's gonna just explode so um next up Wayne Simmons, who I'm sorry unless it's on the the office side I just uh, coaching like i don't I don't see
1: it completely agree.
2: It hurts, but, yeah, the Wayne train, unfortunately, is done. Uh, He obviously doesn't want to play with the Marlies, and and it saddens me that we couldn't put his name on a cup, but, meh, it's it's time.
0: Yeah, unfortunate. Um, And just quickly, we'll go through the three defensemen we got here. Uh, Eric Gustafson. Didn't get to see much of him. Um, felt like weird recency bias that uh, he played well against the Leafs and then the Leafs got him and he was kind of nowhere. Uh, I don't know. Marty made a good point about Dubas overcompensating here on D. When everyone started getting hurt, he just started bringing in whoever was available uh, and breathing. And I just... I feel like we can trim some of this fat and bring some guys up that we've been developing.
2: I honestly thought that the Leafs should have played him more i thought that they should have rested geo and uh, put in Gustafson in some of these games especially you know in these playoffs you could tell that geo was completely run down and hey of course the guy wants to play every night but we have fucking uh, uh washington's pp1 quarterback for majority of their year on our team why don't you use him Like, we're looking for scoring in the playoffs. Clearly, the Leafs had a problem scoring in the second round. So why don't you bring up a guy like Gustafson? And, you know, when you have nothing else to lose, like, sorry, Geo, but it's time to take a little rest here and bring up a guy who shoots the fucking puck.
0: Yeah, him and Timmons both should have seen more playoff time just because they're the only guys on the team outside of Riley that have been taking shots. And I mean, of course, a couple other guys, you know, took a few Lilligren has been stepping into that, but just somebody that's going out there to try to create offense and throw pox at the net. They don't have a ton of those.
2: Yeah. That was the Leafs weakness every year coming up into this year that the d has not been scoring and then riley thank god you know pops off and, and hey what a steal now on that contract extension right but no it can't be all on mo like love lily's bomb love what the rest of the guys bring to the team but man you got to get the pucks on net and clearly they couldn't fool Bobrovsky. so too many straight shot on and yeah just it just Blew up in everyone's faces. But anyway, I I think you try Gus. I think you, you know, sign him for a cheap deal. um Actually, see what he can bring to this team. I feel like he hasn't been given a fair chance and he has a lot of upside.
0: What was he just making? 800K, 800K. 2020, 2021, he made 3 mil. Before that, 1.2. So this guy's kind of been up and down, it seems. He's had some good years and some bad years. But uh, lately, an $800,000 a year league min player. So, I mean, look, if you can come back on a league min, sure. I'll take him. Um, but honestly, he'd be a seventh defenseman that would probably be replacing like, uh, geo needs to sit more, man. <laughs> That's all. Uh, next up we got Justin Hall, beaner.
2: Bye. bye. <laughs> he waves. Bye-bye.
0: He waves. Bye. Bye. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's time. I feel um, like he'll get
0: three mil from somebody. Uh, He's a right handed defenseman. He hits people. He blocks shots. He'll get it he from gives someone. Pops away. I just, I really hope Brad Living doesn't just start foaming at the mouth and go, oh, finally I have Justin Hall.
2: <laughs> no, he's going to be like, oh, I need Michael Stone because he has this track record of carrying Michael Stone to every fucking team he's been on. Um, it's kind of weird and like the new Justin Hall in a sense. Um I don't know he's been in and out of the teams and offered ridiculous contracts so I hope it's not another situation with him but obviously wish the best for Justin Hall wish we had McCann 40 goal scorer McCann on our team who can fill in that plug on the top six but hey that's the way she goes okay
0: just so we're clear um, Brad Treliving has worked only as AGM of the Coyotes and GM of the Calgary Flames so he brought Michael Stone from the one team he worked with to the other we just spent nine years with the guy who brought every single fucking player who has ever played for him in his entire career up to the, <laughs> the Leafs I think we could excuse Brad Treliving bringing Michael Stone over to the Leafs if he goes that route
2: Michael Stone's been in True Living's organization for 13 out of 15 seasons. With he the was,
0: two teams he's worked for, though, is my point. He's not it's not like he's jumping between a bunch of different teams and carrying Michael Stone with him everywhere.
2: Yeah, but it just like you look at the stats and you're like, Why? Why it's like every Sue
0: Greyhound? I don't care. Okay, so yeah. next up, Luke Shen, please stick around. Please stay, Daddy. Eight, eight times two. <laughs> keep him till he's 41
1: i don't care i want him to stay Full no
0: move clause you're not allowed to leave
1: yeah absolutely i know that's ridiculous and I'm, i might get made fun of for that but i don't care that's entirely heart speaking not brain at all eight times two
0: what because two million because two on his back i think well, that's a fun man. number en- entice
1: him to sign it
2: his agent believes that he's worth that. Remember those days before trade deadline?
0: Yeah, he was a first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> um honestly, whatever Luke Shen wants within reason, let him stay. The guy's a fan favorite and he's he likes being home. He was so good in the playoffs, just absolutely leveling people. And it's something we haven't had in a while. It's fun. Let him stay. Riley and Shen playing together is like uh, uh, I can't think of an analogy for it but you know what i mean
1: yeah it's it's so it's so nostalgic and so awesome seeing the two high drafted defensive prospects that the leafs have had over the last 15 years just play together and succeed
2: yeah they're like ying and yang like it it brings out the offensive side of morgan riley that we've been waiting for this entire well i've been waiting for this entire time uh luke shin is just like that security blanket that allows him to step up and pinch and do what riley does and not look like a fool at the end of the day because his back is covered it's like
0: when you hear a song i finally found it and there's somebody that's featured on it from like a band from 20 years ago and you're like oh shit like like that person's on this song like these guys are together now like that's kind of cool because it's like two generations of the same genre like coming together on a song i heard fucking chad kroger on a song recently and i was like what are you doing on this this is insane so that's (laughs) not to not to compare luke shen and morgan riley to chad kroger and whatever song he was on but you know what i mean it's cool that two generations that missed each other are finally getting to play together
1: Chad, you mean the lead singer of Theory of a Nickel Creed?
0: Yeah, exactly. That guy.
1: <laughs>
2: Don't just Nickelback. Come on now.
0: Um, Ilya Samsonov, the first RFA of the bunch.
1: That See, that one's tricky. Um, being an RFA, we still kind of hold his rights, so there's still some protection there. I wouldn't go super crazy high on this. Um, especially with goaltenders over the last little while. If he was willing to take four, but even then he's probably going to want more security than I want to give him. It's that's really difficult.
0: Yeah. Especially because now he's got an injury history. Yeah. You know, this year was, he was good, but uh, he also played a lot more than he normally does. And it took a toll on him. And now he's got nagging injuries that can be reignited if somebody runs through him into the net again. So, uh, yeah, I'd rather stay away from goalies with baggage because it's not doing us any favors recently. Like, I get taking a swing on guys that used to be good, but maybe we take a swing on a guy that's supposed to be good and uh, give Joseph Wall and somebody a chance to uh, to take this year over. Maybe bring in somebody that's a little more seasoned without some shaky past that we're trying to rehabilitate because as much as it's a great story, uh, we don't got time for that.
1: Potentially buy out Matt Murray?
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that Matt Murray contract. That's the, the one that's staring at this whole thing in the face is 4.6875 and a 10-team no-move clause.
1: Oh. If you If you buy him out, your cap space... For this coming season, including putting Muzzin on LTIR, jumps to about $20 million. Mm.
2: I think you sign Samsonov. 3.5 a year max. Maybe times 3 to 5-ish. Honestly, I think he has great upside guys. He's only 26 years old. Um, he was solid for us this year. Um, Joseph Wall backing him up. This is my tandem. I want to shoot Matt Murray off to the fucking moon. Uh, I don't want to deal with that shit again. Like, I I just had hope on the positivity train, but it just didn't work out. We couldn't see his playoff performance that we've been all been waiting for. That's why we got him, right? And he couldn't fucking play. So shoot him to the moon. Sign Sammy. And also, word on the street is sorrows is being shopped and also danville at are so you never know right but i think sammy is priority
0: so just quick maths if you give samson of the Leafs currently have uh 9.1 million projected cap space if you give him three and a half that lets you give achari uh so okay three and a half that puts you down to five and a half um then you give shen let's say one rounded uh, that puts you at four and a half. Um, another one rounded for Gustafson. That's three and a half. You have one and a half to Nolachari, and the other two to David Camp. And that's your entire cap space. You cannot bring anything else in. You're sticking with what you got here. If we're going and with then, who we want to resign,
1: and then Muzzin is on LTIR for an extra five point six.
0: Oh, I guess that's not
1: that's not counted here. there yet.
0: Oh, yeah, here, preseason LTIR candidate estimates. Cap space with LTIR. Yeah, you're right, sorry, 14.7. Okay, so you have another 5.6 that you can use to bring people in. I don't hate that, um, but if you get rid of Matt Murray's contract and that all of a sudden becomes $10 million to play with, that's that's a lot better. Even if you buy if it you, out and that's, what, seven?
1: If you buy out Murray, you get a six 600- hundred. Like a 630,000 cap hit this year, and I think it's oh, 2.4 cap hit next year.
0: I would say, yeah, for it's kind of cheap for the sake of having 9.4 <laughs> $9. million dollars, eight so 18 and a half million cap space. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that. Buy them out.
2: Hell yeah, you can't fuck around anymore, guys. I know you, the story was great, but no, we need someone solid who can play and i know he's healthy now and i don't want new management to be blinded by oh matt murray was healthy all summer long he's gonna be on the ice for one game fall on his ass and get injured knock on wood yeah. but like that's what has been consistently happening so sorry well,
0: this is also the last year with muzzin being on the books uh 6.7 percent of the cap just oh my god that hurts
1: also what we touched on a couple episodes ago johnny maybe do you potentially look at moving brody yeah that was the other one
0: um stuff you were gone for this but we're just trying to look at of everybody on the team like who is actually worth something that you can move and we kind of landed on brody because he's still good he's got five million dollars it's just this year and then he becomes an rfa or uh, sorry a ufa um you know, at the deadline, it yeah. would be a, maybe a nice rental for somebody. Like, but I think you go uh, you go off season move because I don't think the Leafs would be in a position to be offloading defensemen then. But I think now in the off season, people are trying to rebuild. There's a lot of teams like look, the Flyers that are just absolutely cutting everything. You know, maybe they can bring in TJ Brody at five million for a year to have something on the defensive uh, side.
2: million invested in murray and brody right so once they're off the books it's a ton to play with i agree as much as i love brody he's 33 years old um now is the time to get value I think and to have that space and to play around maybe give Gustafson a shot in that aspect since we have Jake McCabe signed to you know another two years I think McCabe really fills that hole that you know Brody was in and yeah I I think it's time guys like uh it's just too much of a cap hit and with all of these contracts coming up, Austin, Matthews, and Ny- Nylander's extension, I think we're going to need it every penny, unfortunately.
0: Yep, I agree. Um, those are the ones that are going to save you the most when you got to start negotiating with uh, Matthews and Nylander. Okay, so let's go to uh, questions because we're already a little over on tonight. There's um, just a few, I believe. Mm. Um, br- 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 <laughs>
2: And Mikey D also messaged and said hi to everyone and he loves us all. So hello, Mikey. And yeah, go listen to the Believer's Pod.
0: Hell yeah. So Mikey D asks, hockey question, do you believe that Matthews stays with Doan now on board? Um, I think it definitely adds, it's like probably an unexpected bonus, like something when you walk into work and all of a sudden they've like redone the break room and nobody had told you they were going to do that. It's like, you walk in, it's like, Oh, this is an unexpected surprise. Um, I was feeling shitty about this place, but this is, this is kind of cool. Not that he was feeling shitty about the Leafs, but like, I don't know if they told him they were bringing Don in. I'm just estimating on how random this was that they were like, Hey, what if we surprise Austin with like his favorite player being part of the staff?
2: yeah honestly i i there's no way he leaves at this point i think he's taking multiple showers right now about it like i i honestly think that you know the leafs were kind of afraid like oh shit this is a possibility just like you said roscoe bring in this guy and it's not a possibility any- anymore i think it's a perfect fit under uh true living and yeah, it's it wasn't a question in my mind prior, but obviously there's always gonna be the speculation. But no, Matthews is I hope he signs long term too, not this like well, five year bullshit. Like, and like come what do you on. what do
0: you get a guy who has everything and can buy anything, right? You can hire his idol and his his childhood hero to the staff, right? Like <laughs> something that he can't do.
2: <laughs> yeah. You Um, took away his GM buddy. So now you're going to bring in his idol and replace.
1: Yeah. I I didn't think there was much of a chance that he wasn't going to beforehand. Like unless there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. He seems like the type of person who wants to like, he wants to have his chance to change history. Like he, I think he really understands the, the weight of this franchise and what he's able to do here, the the records he's already breaking, the the fact that he is the first leaf since '55 to win the Hart Trophy, like that's saying something. Yeah, like, yeah, and he knows th- it. This is yeah. It with regards to hockey, this is the mecca. This is like playing for the Yankees of baseball. Like, there's no better place to be, and I think he's the type of person that really relishes that. So I don't think he's going anywhere.
0: I don't either. Um, next one here, I mean, not, uh, not a lot of questions, mostly just a lot of love that we're back, which I very much appreciate, uh, everybody waiting for a take on the new GM, um, seventh swordsman seven asks, um, waiting for the take on the new GM and did Shani take it too personal and turn into days of our leaves opera, uh, soap opera, (laughs) leading Duboss into open fins of penguin land. <laughs> so many emojis in there. was tough to read. Uh, but did do we think he took it too personally? I think there was definitely a lot going on already, and this seemed to be the boiling point. Like, in a vacuum, this one incident doesn't seem that um, out. It seems like it would be blown out of proportion, but if you put it in the context of a tumultuous management relationship over almost a decade, it it kind of makes sense that like when finally given the opportunity to negotiate leaving or not, and it was like, I need to take a second about this. It's like, you know what? Fine. If we're this far off of the same page, we're not doing this anymore. So I, I feel like, yeah, it was emotional, but it was the result of a very long emotional relationship. So... I think it's probably a good thing for both parties that it came to an end.
2: Yep. Dubas overplayed overplayed his hand. He bit the hand that fed him. And, you know, Shani wasn't having any of that. So yeah, I think it worked out for both at the end of the day.
0: And it's like I said earlier, if you're going to be here in Toronto, you have to understand that there's so much that's going to be vetted when it comes to decisions. And if you're not okay with that, like go to Scranton, Pennsylvania and work for Dunder Mifflin and make all the shots call do everything you want with the penguins like like go for it because you're not going to get that autonomy in toronto it doesn't matter who you are
2: yeah it's unless you're shanahan be, himself yeah or you're on the or you're the board at the end of the day we've learned that mlsc has all of the control got so. all the on route money <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah
0: so fun fact about that i was just quickly reading before and i i kind of knew this and refreshed myself on it but um i guess there was a bunch of land available along the highway and after going through the states and seeing all the um rest stops and things tana was like why don't we don't have this so him and a buddy found that a construction company and or a development company that then hired construction to have all this work done across the uh, the 400 highways and added all these. And then they went, great, now that they're built, we are not dealing with this. And they sold it off because that is what <laughs> smart business people do.
2: <laughs> True. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we had another question from Aaron, but it's about the goalie situation. Uh, since there's a lot of goalies linked to the Leafs, she just asked, uh, do you think they go with Sammy Wall next year and shop Murray or do they bring in one of these other guys, or do you keep Murray? And I think we've kind of answered this. Um.
0: Um, the one that I'll bring into the fold is Carter Hart has been talked about a lot this week. Uh, apparently the flyers were like minutes away from trading him. And uh, then some other teams jumped into the mix. It seemed like what happened was they were going to make two trades really quick. They brought in, uh, uh, who did they moved? Tony D'Angelo.
1: No, they moved Ivan Provorov.
0: Ivan yeah. Provorov, Thank you. You just
1: picked, <clears throat> you just got the two bigots confused. Yeah, yeah, the other one.
0: The other one, yeah, thank you. Uh, so Proverov moving on for like a first and a second. We got a lot for him. And everybody was uh, seeing rumors that Carter Hart was about to go next and that the haul was going to be massive. And then uh, I guess a bunch of other teams were like, whoa, 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 whoa!" whatever their offer is, hold on it. Because if you're moving Carter Hart, we want to say this. So yeah. from what we hear, everybody from the Leafs to the Oilers to uh, – the Kings to fuck like everybody's all of a sudden popping up in on this because obviously, uh, again, a, a goalie in a situation where it's not working who should be good. So uh, we've had our fair share of Carter Sharp comments. I, uh, again, going to go back to what I said, I'm not in the business for rehabilitating goalies or taking a, a swing on ones who are having off years. Like I'd rather bring in UC Soros from Nashville before we do that. Because it's probably going to be the same price.
1: If you're going to have the same price at both, take take Hart. Like he had a 9, what was it, a 9.06 or a 9.13 on Philly. He's younger. Yeah. He's got, like, If you're going to take a swing anyway, Soros is, not that he's ancient, but Soros is getting up there in age. Isn't he 30 already?
0: Yeah, but I would put Soros with Wall because I want to give Wall more games. And I feel like if you bring in Hart, you're kind of pushing wall down because hearts younger. Like I'd rather bring in somebody older. Who's going to fill the, the time and let wall kind of settle into being a starter and, and split that. Whereas if you bring in somebody who's what, what's heart like 24,
1: something
0: like and that. He's from I Toronto. It. 24 nailed it. So I just, yeah. And Joseph wall is also 24. They're the same age. So I feel like you're kind of nudging wall out of the picture by saying, like, oh, we're just going to replace you and bring in somebody young. Which, like, honestly, sure if he's the better goalie, but I don't know.
2: If Soros is available, you take that all day long, in my opinion. Um, Sammy Soros, that would be a dream team, but obviously they're both 1As at this point. Carter Hart, man, he's been up and down, but obviously playing on shit teams, so it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, but it's a team that wasn't supposed to be shit.
2: Like, Philly is one of
0: those teams that was shit by accident this year. Um, They have some injuries, yeah, but, like, that team was not supposed to be bad.
2: I don't know. Like, I'm not trusting in Philly like you are right now. I think they're shit team.
0: I'm not saying they aren't shit. I'm saying they're shit by accident, and that's worse. And that somehow, like... If they were trying to be bad, you don't try to be bad when you have Carter Hart in net and, you know, Travis Konechny and fucking you're bringing in all these defensemen and like, like they were not trying to lose and tank for Bedard. They landed in like a horrible spot in the standings. Like. Let me just pull it up again. The Flyers had went 31, 38 and 13, so they were nowhere near the bottom and they weren't good. So, like, that to me just says that, sure, Carter Hart's on a shit team, but how much of that's on him?
2: Well, now he has Cal Pitterson uh, behind him on the team. Um, goalie cleanup in LA land. Yeah. So...
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> but, like, look, Hayes, Konechny, Faraby, Zora, Tippett. Like, they brought in Owen Tippett, you know? They were trying to. Turn a new leaf here. Still got JVR. Oh, his contract's up this year.
1: Owen Tippett's still probably another good year and a half away from being what everybody's expecting him to be.
0: They're rebuilding, but, like, even when you're rebuilding, you want to at least try to get decent draft picks, and they were just unexpectedly horrible. I mean, Torts was there but whatever
2: so if they're rebuilding why don't they give us someone like travis connect for for he's
0: part of their future as far as they're concerned yeah
2: but we can give them someone like matt murray and justin hall and alex kerfoot
0: no like i said no well there are ufas (laughs) like i'm saying we can give them tj tj brody though like if yes you know
2: yes that that's that's a good point um just I know I'm talking out of my ass, but hey, it's a possibility. Uh, JVR man, he's not getting any younger. Thirty four now.
0: It's a UFA. Would you bring yeah. him back? No. Oh, Sorry. speaking of bringing people back from JVR era, fucking Mike Babcock has a job. Do we want to talk about that? It's already an hour and a half. I want to save that for next episode.
2: <laughs> well, briefly, where is he at?
0: For some reason, in Columbus, where all things hockey go to be mediocre.
2: <laughs> damn
0: like i i'm sorry but it seems to be true like people don't want to play there and like i, I mentioned cam atkinson who i realize is um actually a Philly. member of the philadelphia flyers on injured reserve um, <laughs>
1: yeah. as i
0: looked at their lineup i'm like holy shit you're here now
1: yeah. Um
0: but yeah like there's there's guys that have made columbus home um Johnny Gaudreau there's I don't know if I'd put him on that list yet I'm saying guys that like long-term signed on to be there and were like yeah this is it like Zach Wierenski is like yeah I'm down with this but uh, they got to be in a tough position to bring people in there man like you're going there to get away from the spotlight it's a it's uh Maybe it's a good place for Babcock to be, where there's no media attention and no one's going to be paying attention to the, the minutia of his coaching and you know the things he says here and there, or you know what did he mean when he he might have thrown this one player under the bus? I feel like that stuff's all going to get blown over there. It's not going to be under the same microscope in Toronto. So maybe it's a good place for him. I just don't think there's a place for him in the NHL anymore. is my personal opinion. It's kind of a dinosaur.
1: Well, I, I, I yeah. As much as I think I agree with you, there's a place for him more so than a place for Quinville.
0: Oh, for a thousand percent.
1: Which looks Mm -hmm. like that might be a thing in the near future. Um, He's got a meeting. Both him and Stan Bowman have requested a meeting with Petman at the end of the season to talk about getting reinstated. And the rumor Mm -hmm. is that the Quinville meeting is likely the reason why the Rangers haven't announced a new coach yet.
0: Oh my God. Well, Mm. I remember Bettman was on some podcast and they asked him about Gwenville. And he said, you know, they would have to have a meeting with us first. And then almost immediately, it's like, oh, they both requested meetings. It was like they didn't know how to move forward until he came out and said it, which he never, ever does. Like he's, it's almost like a slip up from him where he's like, oh, yeah, if they want to move forward with the process, all they have to do is ask for a meeting. But like that wasn't the fine print that they didn't know. And now they know it. So here are the meetings. And now we're going to see these guys come back. It's so annoying.
1: I I do agree though with Babcock like that's pretty much the best place for him to go right now to try to rehabilitate his coaching career because no offense to Columbus fans but realistically no one's going to care.
0: Yeah, and that exactly. Nothing I said is against Columbus fans. It's more just about the media attention and overall coverage that the team gets versus other ones in the geographic area and the history of the team's success. I feel like him having quality players in Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine and you know, what else they got there?
1: Mm, a lot of feet, young guys.
0: Provorov now. Oh yeah, Provorov. Um, Marchenko,
2: Sillinger, Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson. Um, these oh, are yeah, really young guys. Oh yeah,
0: Mr. Michigan, Kent Johnson, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's an interesting place for him. It's not a team that's full of a bunch of young guys he's going to scare. You know, there's some more established players there that he can kind of ease into his his old style i don't know I, I don't i'm not cheering for the guy to do well again but i think it's mm-hmm. a good opportunity for him to to find his footing again whether he deserves it or not is another question
1: and he has Rewin- succeeded everywhere he's coached
2: yeah and mm-hmm. Rowinsky, you know obviously he's chilling this guy is the second highest paid player on the team making 9.58 mil a year until 28 29 so.
0: hey yeah hey yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, but the future looks bright. Like it kind of reminds me of the young Leafs when they first drafted, you know, Matthews and Marner and such and company. And now they have future stars on their team, you know, entry level contracts that have um, they've been really highly talked about. So maybe in five to eight years, this team could be competitive again for playoff standards. Who knows? Right. Anything could happen
0: we will see but honestly i'm just waiting for the first mike babcock headline to come up and I'm telling you it's only going to take until probably september it's going to be before the first puck drops that we see him say something about the what he's seeing remember last season when uh, Um, Torts came into Philly and he's like, this is awful. Like, I hate what I see here. uh, The the minute that Babcock gets to the ice with these guys, he's going to be like, wow, I fucking hate this already. Get me out of here. (laughs) In his own nicer words, mincing it up, but yeah. (sighs) Okay, so welcome back, everybody. Leaves Late Night is back in business. We'll have a uh, semi-regular schedule for the summer. Obviously, we're not going to be doing like three episodes a week, but we will uh, update as things come out, especially between now and the draft. And then uh, we'll probably slow down for August completely, if that's cool with everybody else.
2: Great. Sounds good.
0: Cool. Love you. Have a good night, everybody.
2: Good night.
0: Yeah, while I find the outro, um, we, because it was requested, <laughs> we are going to do some some history lessons uh, Beener, if, um, if you want to cover some things, I'm also gonna, my spin on it is going to be, um, history, less about like, you know, the big stories and more about the little media things, you know, maybe some, some controversy or some drama that happened, you know, over the last 20 years that people forget about some little storylines that were, uh, were fun to follow at the time, you know, a lot free Frankie Corrado stuff, stuff of that ilk, you know, remembering some fun times. So, uh, I'll, I'll come up with some of those if you want to come up with like real history.
1: Yeah, I, I was, I've, I've had this idea for a while. I'd like to do a little, a little series on like forgotten leafs or, you know, maybe leafs that the the average fan might not know about that have some interesting stories. um, Things that I've gravitated towards that have made me kind of like players that I have no business of really even knowing who they are for when they played. Right. So stuff like that might be a little fun.
0: Hell yeah. So if you have anything that you want to hear about, let us know Uh, if there's a chapter of Leafs history that you've maybe heard mentioned, but want to know more about or a name that you keep hearing about, but you know nothing about, let us know. And we'll do our best to dive into it, do some research for you. Have a lovely evening and rest of your weekend. It's getting to summer and uh, hopefully the fires clear up here in Ontario and we can get to uh, having some controlled fires in our, in our fire pits, you know, roast some marshmallows and all that shite. Go to bed. Bye.
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. Your night of post-game podcast available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. <laughs>
0: And check out uh, sports. Sports. Sports is fun with Marty Zilstra. It's been uh, and the
2: Believers Pod
0: and the Believers Pod and Offside Hockey Talk and um, the uh, yeah. <laughs>